0: Hello, everybody! Welcome to another episode of Ben and Chris Talk Sports. I'm Chris. And I'm Ben, and we are here as always to bring you our opinions on the news, notes, and random happenings from around the world of sports. Episode 77. Today for you, we have our final thoughts on Cam Newton and some surprising opinions on his addition to the Patriots. We'll get into that later, but also have uh, Eastern Conference breakdown. Yep. As well as uh, bubble teams, the eight teams that were not invited. To Orlando. Well, not, not invited, but they didn't make the playoffs. They didn't... Yeah, they're talk, in contention.
1: We're talking about a second bubble. A
0: second bubble, potentially playing in Chicago. We'll, we'll get into that, why, and, and what that means. But first, your favorite and mine. your boy! We're going to discuss the greatest commissioner in sports history, Rob Manfred. I kid, of course. He's absolutely terrible. If you've heard anything from us, you know just what... An abomination we think he is as a commissioner.
1: He's atrocious.
0: I mean, he'd have to improve to suck. Can we agree on that?
1: Yes, we can absolutely agree on He'd
0: on have that. to improve drastically just to be bad.
1: But, I know we disagree on baseball yeah, in
0: general. But, I mean, as far as that one point goes, apparently... You, you know the start, man. What he, are you going to
1: So he did two things. He had an interview with uh, USA it's Today. Two more than he's done the
0: rest of his terrorist commission. Oh, I know. There. It's
1: amazing how he's All done right. so much in the past couple days. said I was going to stop. I'll stop. Um. So he did a... Yesterday... He did an interview with Dan Patrick. And he also, at some point, did an interview with USA Today. I will kind of generalize what he said. Basically, he intimated that no matter how many games it was, they were lucky to play 60, no matter what happened. And now, and I guess we can understand this point. At the current moment, the threat of a second wave. Uh, the Seems rise. more realistic. It, it, 60 games. He's saying we'll be lucky to get those in. Um, if we're getting this second wave now, or if we're getting that second wave in the the, the fall, early winter. He's just basically said he's just kind of curtailing the 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 notion that they're going to play the whole season. They may not. I understand him. It still seems dumb for him to say it, though.
0: It seems dumb for him to say that because if he knew, based on scheduling, it was never going to be more than 60 games, why did he let his game look like the biggest joke in all of professional sports for the better part of the last two months instead of just doing what he could do as commissioner and mandate the 60-game season? He has that authority. That's what he ended up doing, I believe. He said, we're going to play a 60 game season. And the yep. player said, okay, now that we know what we're going to be playing, let's get into the money. They worked that out. They worked out more in three days than they did in two and a half months because Rob Manfred finally stepped up and did what he should have done when this all started and mandated a season.
1: Oh, it's it, it's only because they didn't want to have this silly grievance at the end of the season. But it's, and,
0: and I know I'm, I'm arguing with you because you know, yeah. you and I both agree very much on the ineptitude of. Rob manfred but you you just you have to as commissioner look at this and say okay realistically if if we don't have people it's gonna be you know we're gonna have a quarantine for so long and things are shut down for so long it's just not possible until this date at the earliest okay so if we start here how many games can we get in if we start here how many games can we get in how much um I think they said each team could schedule like three preseason games or something, or uh, spring training games if they wanted to.
1: Right.
0: You know, how much time are we going to have based on each starting date or potential starting date? And if he says right now, we always knew we'd be lucky to get in 60, 60 was always the max, then why the hell did you let your game look like a bunch of greedy, pissed off children? For the last two months, arguing over dollars and cents based on, you know, uh, we're going to pro pay you for 60 games, 80 games, whatever it may be. If you knew it was always 60, and you knew it had to be this date,
1: what are you doing, Rob? We're just haggling over pennies. Essentially, they're haggling over pennies. For us, it would be a lot of money. For them, it's pennies. I, 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 heard, I heard someone put it real simple. It's, it's billionaires and millionaires fighting over pennies. Absolutely. That's what it is. Yeah. And it put a greater divide between the union and the MLB owners for the next CBA. That's all it did. That's all you proved to do was put a bigger divide. So at the end of the 2021 season, when you need to have a CBA in place before the next season starts, you may not get it. Which is why I still I will I will make this point now. I made it before and I'll continue to make it. There's going to be a strike starting twenty twenty one. And you have made it very clear there is not those force out there uh in the player roster to bring it back like when we had Sosa and Maguire.
0: Yeah, somebody uh somebody mentioned that a few episodes ago. Yes. Yeah, and the thing again, it's not the fact of, first of all, I said I was mad at baseball. I said I wouldn't care when it started playing. Um, I, 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 Knowing it's back, I'm very excited it's back. Um, like I said, I'm a baseball fan. I love the game. I think Rob Manfred's an awful commissioner. I've stated that. If I had a dollar for every time I've said that, oof, we'd be doing this from a podcast studio right now. Absolutely. My problem is not what he said. Because I agree with him. You probably weren't going to get more than 60 in based on the schedule and how they have it set up. And when everything started, they're open up and now things are starting to shut back down again because people could not not go crazy the minute things opened up. And if you knew that. So, okay. You had the authority to do what you did the entire
1: time. Yes, you did. The entire it's essentially,
0: time. It's essentially like a parent watching their two children fight. The older one being the league or the owners, and the younger one being collectively the players. Sitting there arguing, and you, the parent, know how to solve it. Know how to put your foot down and say, this is what we're doing. But you let them fight and argue in the store for, you know, a good 25 minutes to a half an hour. Ruin everybody else's day. Make yourself and your entire family look
1: ridiculous. Potentially have... Video. Yeah, but don't you have yeah, videos Twitter. online and stuff now
0: of your kids losing their crap in wherever store you're in? And all you had to do was put your foot down right away and yep. say, hey, guys, we can't start until July 1st for spring training, whatever you want to call it. We're only getting 60 games in. Let's take it from there. And wouldn't you know it, the minute he did that, it was, what, three or four days, and this entire thing was hashed out. Because make no mistake about it, they weren't even getting past the money part until that time. Right. They couldn't even get to a point where they said, we're going to get all this other stuff sorted out, and then we'll come back to money and figure that out. They weren't doing anything until the financial aspect was worked out. And Rob Manfred could have, could have avoided all of that by just doing his job. But he decided to let his kids argue in the middle of the store for a while first.
1: Because they, they couldn't agree on money. Yeah. They couldn't agree on money. In a time like this, you're going to disagree on money. Eh, good job, guys. And you know tomorrow is a big day. You know why? They did all the testing today. So tomorrow they are supposedly oh, players be... and coaches and all that stuff? Yep. Yeah, okay. Supposedly the results will be tomorrow. And we will know how...
0: So realistically how by the time... How
1: impactful... It's going to be people
0: are hearing this. The season may have already been canceled.
1: There's a possibility. Yeah. I mean, I've stated before they haven't put, they haven't pitched yet. No. They haven't taken a swing yet. So if you want to claim victory over me, when I stated multiple times all the way back in March, that they're not going to play, I still haven't played yet. They still haven't got on field yet. Let's just wait.
0: Well, I'm just finishing my thought from before about, about Manfred. It's it. I don't disagree with him saying, hey, we probably weren't going to get more than 60 in. I got that. But the final point of, hey, we'll be lucky to get 60 in now, never mind the playoffs. Nothing he's saying there, and I love saying what Rob Manfred's wrong, trust me. Even just listening to the first 10 minutes of this show, never mind our entire archived uh, episode list that say, you know, my, my lack of affection for Rob Manfred as a commissioner. But he's not wrong about them maybe not getting 60 in. Like you said, with everybody testing today, who knows if by tomorrow, and a lot of people even listen to this, we may have already had a cancellation or a delay. And if it's delayed again, it's just it's not gonna happen. So, I mean, they're not gonna do a 40 game season, a 30 game season. They're they're putting all of their eggs in the 60 game basket. And I think that makes a lot of sense. The way they've structured this, given the circumstances, I think makes a lot of sense. I really like it. Yeah. I really do. Yeah. They they made the best of a bad situation from a scheduling standpoint. But the fact that he's coming out now and saying, oh, I always knew the one thing I could do to make it easier. I always knew that would be the best way to do it. And I didn't do it. Even though we know we'd be lucky to actually get it done and accomplish it. It just makes him look incompetent. He doesn't need any help with that. And it makes his game look like... It's just
1: a bunch of people
0: who don't know what they're doing.
1: And I, I, The most... The most I hate about this situation is that I had to say his name multiple times and talk about him multiple times, and I just think he's an awful human being and a terrible commissioner.
0: I don't know anything about him as a human being. I do. I I, I don't. If, if somebody knows something, I don't. Uh, let me know.
1: This right here tells me he's an awful human being. Just just uh, putting, putting being out dumb, there... Being,
0: being dumb and ignorant doesn't... I mean, ignorant can make you bad, but... Being just being dumb doesn't make you bad necessarily. I mean, it can but it doesn't have to. So I mean, I'm not going to attack him on a personal level. At, uh, I, but he sucks at his job. I'll say that all day.
1: Well, since yeah. we're revisiting subjects, I know you had a few uh, few last words for uh, the Cam Newton signing to New England.
0: Yeah, I don't. I, I've seen a lot, uh, an alarming amount. Of very negative comments, and everyone's entitled to their opinion. That's fine. It's not so much the fact that you're saying, "Oh, he's injured." I don't like him coming off injury. I, mean, I can understand that. That is, you know, that be cause for concern. It's a lot to do with not liking the way he dresses. This is a good guy. Yes, it's a great person. Cam Newton is a is a, is a great human being. We're getting a first class human being as quarterback. For the Patriots. Now, if you're not a Patriots fan, you don't care about getting You know, the team getting somebody like that. But as people, there is a lot of shady folks in the NFL. Can we agree on that? Yeah, I don't know about a lot. There, there's, some. There's some. I, I can't say the lot. I don't want to. I don't want to pigeonhole the vast majority into in a negative light. That's not fair. There are some with co- questionable characters. Questionable characters. Cam Newton is not one of them.
1: No, there's never been anything. The the, the one thing was um, how he directed a question towards a female reporter. Or how he answered a question towards a female reporter. He apologized for it. They had a conversation. They had a productive conversation about uh, two, three years ago. Other than that, nothing.
0: He didn't assault anybody. He didn't physically harm anybody. He said a stupid comment years and years ago.
1: He doesn't have a DUI on his record. No
0: DUI. There's no domestic violence or uh, child abuse. Nothing. Uh, if anything, the exact opposite. This is a guy who, on his own dime, takes takes thousands of Thanksgiving meals and goes and hands them out at local shelters. Does a ridiculous amount of uh, of work for sick children, and you never see Cam Newton telling people about this. This isn't him saying, "Hey, look what I did." Oh, this is him just doing it, and then people go, oh, wow, look what Cam Newton's doing. And they take videos of it, and they send it, and then it gets out. Like, this is a guy who I, I cannot understand. I, I, I'm sorry to bring it to this point, but is a really alarming amount of, like, old white people on Facebook who's like, Cam is a punk. Cam is this. Cam is that. We need Jared Stidham in there. Really? We need the uh, the uh, the third round guy, the third round pick, who, by the way, has three NFL passes, and one of them is pick six.
1: Which yes. it was it was actually finally thrown to uh, I believe Jamal Adams.
0: It's not a condemnation because he could go on and have a fantastic career. I don't know. I have nothing against Jared Stedham. and if he ends up being a quarterback for my team, I hope he does well. But you have a former league MVP, and your thing is, oh, he's a punk. He's selfish. He's this. I think some people might have a problem, a little race problem. And I hate to bring it to that place on this show because we we try not to do that. But (laughs) it seems like if a white player goes out and acts crazy and just, you know, uh, acts out and throws his hands in the air and, and really he's he's just intense. He's just he's a quality player. He just he really wants to win.
1: Like Julian Allen,
0: Yeah. And I'm not saying those guys don't. If a black player does it, they're painted in a whole different light. Never mind the fact that that player might be incredibly generous to charity, be loved by his teammates, play his ass off on the field through injury and anything else going on in the outside life. But, you know, they answer a question wrong once and they wear a funny hat. So he must be a punk. Y'all got, y'all got to look in the mirror, honestly. Look in the mirror and be ashamed of yourselves. This is a good guy. This is a really, really, really good human being. And unless you've got some dirt on him that me or nobody else in this world that loves to find dirt on people has, Cam Newton's good in my book. And yeah. if his talent level, his talent level on the field, is still what I think it is, and he's the starting quarterback for the New England Patriots, by the way, my favorite team, I will be cheering for him. And if he isn't and he's on the sideline, I will still be cheering for him. He's a good person and he deserves the respect of not getting dogged by every out of touch want to get in a want-to-get-in-the-time-machine-and-go-back-to-the-50s person on Facebook who can't handle somebody expressing themselves in a way they may not. So, probably piss some people off there, but whatever.
1: Didn't want to step over you at all. All I'm gonna say on this. And I was trying to look up while you're you're talking to see it, he didn't win a Walter Payton Man of the Year, but I know he's been a finalist for the Panthers. He did win the fan vote one year,
0: but was not recognized. That's
1: where I saw he it.
0: He won the fan Walter Payton, but I guess that's only part of the actual final vote.
1: So so here's my here's my thoughts on on Cam Newton. And, and I'll sweep this across all sports because I'm a fan of celebrations. Now, when you look at what the Minnesota Vikings do, um, choreographed, stuff like that, you can do it. That's fine. I think it's a little... Yeah,
0: that stuff's off the cuff. I think it's natural, a little tireless
1: yeah. because you're, you're choreographing. Yeah. But if you're in the moment, and I know you're not a fan of this one, but... When Joey Bats was up, up to plate and hit a home run, I liked how he strutted. I liked how he st- he pimped it. I liked that. I liked what David Ortiz did.
0: Just to be very clear, I don't want to cut you off. I had no problem with him celebrating. I just didn't like him celebrating because he would hit 50 home runs but hit 212, and I figured maybe he should focus more on that's, that's a hitting analysis. above you know 300 or 250 at least than you know his his bat blip celebration. But go
1: ahead, right? Um. And, again, I've brought this up before, but Jose Fernandez, rest in peace. Yeah. Um, I think he could have taken baseball to another level. Yeah, he could have. Uh, I enjoyed it in the NBA. I enjoyed and And there's a nice clip, and in, 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 in it, in it kind of goes against the opinion of, well, Bill Belichick's going to silent him. He's going to... Put him, shut him down on all the celebrations. There's a clip on the internet that tells you. I saw that one. That clip today. He drills. Yeah. yeah. His players. I don't believe. It probably would have been 0-9, because that's the. That is when he looks at a team that just couldn't function. That's the team he looks at. And Not only he, that, did you
0: see how Young Bill looked in that picture. I, yeah, that's crazy. That is many playoff runs ago.
1: But he he lambasted his team because. He, show, he was showing a clip of Gary Guyton, oh my, going back, that's going back a ways. Gary Guyton getting a sack, and he's all excited. Nobody else was, and he was drilling his team. It's like, Gary made Gary made a great play. Where's, where's the rest of the team? No enthusiasm. Throws up a clip of the, uh, it was either the next season or the season before. Um, a touchdown on offense, I don't remember who it was, but everyone's celebrating, and he's he is appreciating that because you guys accomplished that and then he clip and he pans to a clip of Champ Bailey with a depressed look on his face because they scored. And he said, That's the look we're looking for. We want that because we know we've defeated. And I'm generalizing what he said. So don't mistake in anything. Bill's not going to Bill will let Cam be Cam because that's what makes him an exceptional player. And right. I know I've 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 questioned his health. That's really all I've questioned, and I think it's a fair question until we see it on the field. Um, as far as his athletic ability, his ability to throw the ball, which is better than most people think, and his ability to orchestrate the offense that caters to his abilities, I think I think we're going to see a team potentially that will rival all the other teams in the AFC, not just the East, in the AFC. And I understand Lamar Jackson and what Patrick Mahomes does. Exceptional offenses. But I think the level of preparedness the defense will come into the game because Bill has shown his ability to depress the, the Chiefs' points a little bit. And what he saw probably saw what the Titans did against the Ravens. To try to depress what that offense can do. To elevate his offense because it's been anemic for the past few years. We can, we can say that, right? The, Who's Patri- that? the Patriots offense has been a little bit anemic the past Compared few years. Compared to what it was in the previous yeah. five or six before this. Last two or three, yeah, for sure. So, on the field, I think, I think it's a great move. And I think off the field, this is a spectacular move. Especially if he takes the starting, starting quarterback position. I think it's a, a, a tremendous move to bring one of the best players in the league and one of the best people in the league to the New England Patriots to infuse that talent and that person into this community. And I'm not just talking about the Foxborough area. I'm talking about New England in general. Because you have the McCourty's on on this team, and they are – some of the most gracious individuals mm-hmm. as well.
0: Yeah, recorders are good dudes.
1: They do a, a great podcast and I think Cam is just he's almost bigger than life. His I know his personality is is very I don't know what the I don't know what word I'm trying to use. He's a big flamboyant personality. So, not nah, flamboyant I don't think it flamboyant was what I'm trying to use. It's just he's bigger than life. And I think that's a good thing. in in this in this instance, I think it's a good thing. And I just think he's going to bring so much excitement to a crowd that, let's be honest, typically is not that great. And when I mean crowd, I mean the stadium on game day it tends to not be as loud as one would hope a football stadium to be. And I think he just bring can bring an energy. To the team and energy to the fan base and an energy to the community. At least for one season. And Stidham, and I just want to end with this Stidham. I said it before, and I know, I know your points on well we don't know what he is and we're not sure and they obviously like him. Yeah, they like him. My point would be everyone would say yeah they love him they like him they love him they like him. There's no clear definition of whether they like him or love him. I would say at this point, they liked them. They didn't love them. If they loved him, Cam wouldn't be on the team. I know they signed him for 1.1 1. 1. 1. with a seven, uh, escalated to uh, to seven point five. They don't. They wouldn't have signed yeah, him no, if they right. didn't want to give him a chance.
0: If they knew he, rock solid one hundred percent, he was was the guy. Cam would have never even had an interview
1: with with Belichick. So, it's just. He's a second-year player. It's not going to harm him to sit behind Cam Newton for a year, and if Cam goes out and plays great, and they can work out a contract extension, great. Then Jared might have to find another team.
0: Can you imagine how pissed everyone's going to be next year when Cam moves on and Belichick talks Andrew Luck out of retirement. That'd be interesting. I'm kidding, guys. I think there's contractual issues there with Indy. They couldn't really do that, but I know a couple people just went, "No way!" <laughs> no, yeah, no, no, so no. that no, makes no, me happy. No. no.
1: I I would say I I said it before I think if they can work out a contract extension if he performs well I think he'll be in New England for a, a decent period of time I think so
0: too if they can if he's healthy yeah
1: if they can I think that option two that I mentioned before Deshaun Watson going to New England is on the table as long as Bill O'Brien is the head coach of the oh, head coach slash GM of the Houston Texans uh, endless possibilities there because Bill O'Brien is a, uh, an idiot for GM. And we can get him for a third-round pick. Bill O'Brien is the Rob Manfred of GMs. Correct. But as far as just Cam Newton, I think this this will be I'll put the statement on here. I think this will be the greatest move by Bill Bill Belichick. Signing Cam Newton.
0: If you want to tell the character of a player, look at look at how the players around him react when something happens to him. You have players of like Richard Sherman who thought, you know, Cam should have gotten more money. And we talked about the last episode. I don't have to rehash that. That is what it is. He wasn't going to coming off of injury. But every player who's worked with him, who's played with him, says this guy has a he has a will to win. He realizes he'd made some mistakes in the past on the field. He realizes there were, you know, times you could have done things differently. I think a lot of it is talking about, you know, like the, the fumble in the Super Bowl fifty where he didn't dive on it. Again, I don't know his reasoning for that, only he does. Remember, he's only 31 now. He was 25 or 26 then. And you can say, well. 25 or 26, he's old enough to know he has to dive on that ball. You're probably right, but people mature differently. He learned from that. He moved on. You can't hold it against a guy forever. Everybody who's played with him says how professional he is. He's a leader. With the exception of the last few years, when the Panthers had Christian McCaffrey, a vast majority of that offense was Cam Newton and what Cam could do. Maybe it wasn't him directly, but the, the Cam Newton effect played a big role on everyone else on that offense. Even if they struggled, they only got to where they did because Cam was there. Imagine how bad they would have been without him. Oh, wait. You don't have to. You saw him last year.
1: Yeah. They had an issue last year. Now they got Teddy B, which I have faith in Teddy I love B. Teddy B,
0: but yeah, we'll see what happens. Well, we'll
1: have to see. Um, And it was clearly evident that he was able to get him to a certain point and then you go up against and let's let's be real about the Denver Broncos defense that year. That was an epic defense. They were
0: monsters. Yeah,
1: anyone would have a tough time against that defense that year because that that wasn't Peyton Manning winning that. Because let's remember, Peyton Manning lost his game, uh, lost his uh, job during that season to Brock Osweiler. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, And in a Super Bowl, Still sounds funny to say that. So so. He got him to a point, and then he faced an epic defense. And football is a game of team, not individuals. So if it was a five-on-five basketball, and you're talking about uh, Giannis, yes, Giannis can, can impact a game greater than Cam Newton just because of the sheer volume of players on the field. But Cam can get you pretty far. And let's be real, Bill Belichick's Belichick's a pretty dang good defensive coordinator. And Josh McDaniels has been around the barn a few times to put out a pretty good offense.
0: I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Bill Belichick's one of the best defensive minds in NFL history, hands down. You don't like him? That's fine. But performance doesn't lie.
1: Right. He he takes talent and, and accentuates it. And he puts you in a position to win. So if he thinks... Cam's going to help him win. He's going to put him in a position to win. He's going to give him the tools. He's, he's got tools. I know Tom didn't like him. I understand that. But there's tools in the tool shed. Bill brought a few more in this year. And I think it, they got a lot of pieces there. You, you know there are you know. Cam's already working out with Mohamed Sanu.
0: I, I, and I was, I'm about to say that I love the Mohamed Sanu trade last season. It didn't work out for whatever reason in the offense. They had the run. Oh well, yeah. It, it, it didn't work. He had the injured foot, I believe, too. Yeah. So, him coming back, already working out with Cam. Cam has said, he, he answered the critics about his his lowest salary for a player of his yeah. talent level, and he said, it is not about money. It's about respect. I want to prove, I can still do it at the level. I used to do it at, and even better. I want to prove I'm better than ever. And he has everybody on his Patriots team jumping on board. People are already loving this guy. He has been working out like a monster to get in shape, to get healthy, doing everything he can. And then he gets to a team that was used to greatness for the past 20 years. And I said before, I think a little bit might be... I hate to say it, but it might be a little bit of race having a problem with Cam Newton coming in and quarterbacking. I think a lot of it too. Let's face it, man. When we were growing up, we were Patriots fans. Mm-hmm. We'd watched the 3 and 13 teams, we'd watched the 4 and 12 teams. Right. I watched Super Bowl 31 hoping my team would finally win a championship. And they st- certainly did not against Green Bay. But I was still rooting for them. And everybody I knew, not everybody, a lot of people I knew, made fun of me for being a patriots fan it's funny after they won a few super bowls everywhere you go you see a tom brady jersey this was a area that was full of cowboys fans that was full of 49ers fans that was full of jets and giants fans yes and now all of a sudden even maybe even some bears fans all of a sudden now patriots 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 well, so another. all these people for the past 20 years have done nothing but talk shit. Yeah. So now they're freaking out. Because they don't know how to root for a bad team. I do. I know how to root for a bad team. I watch three and thirteen and four and twelve teams. And I'd watch them again. I love my team. I love football. They don't know how to deal with that. They came in when the success happened. And they read a couple articles. And they feign being a fan for their entire life. They have no idea the ins and outs of the game. They don't listen to shows like this. Like people who, people who do listen to shows like this listen to shows like this because they love things getting broken down. They love the dissection of certain topics and players and top 10 lists of talent, you know, the best quarterback of all time and the best running back of all time. The kind of people who are sitting here criticizing Cam Newton right now don't do that. They don't understand. They see a guy wearing a goofy hat at a press conference and go, oh, he's a flamboyant jackass. I don't care what the man wears. I don't care what he does in his personal life, in his personal time. That is his business. He's not hurting anybody. He can wear the craziest hat he wants. If he's not hurting anyone, and he's happy doing what he's doing, and he's playing good football, I
1: don't care. None of my business. All right. He's just he's all he's gonna do is he's just gonna improve the team. It's all he's gonna do. A healthy Cam Newton, and we'll see how healthy he is, as train the short training camp um and through the two preseason games. I would say a healthy Cam Newton is going to give you ten plus wins and win you the division. Again. Sorry Bills. Sorry, Jets, sorry Dolphins. Not good um, enough.
0: I'm not sorry, Jets. Jets, you do it a, to yourself. Sorry, guys.
1: A Jared Stidham team, I don't know what that is. I know what he did in Auburn in his last year. He was terrible. You can say what he had for weapons. You can say all that. His first NFL throw was an inter- pick six. And I understand. Well, Ben, he was a rookie. I mean, but, yeah, he was a rookie. But he did play in college for two at least two seasons. I think it was three, but at least two seasons he played a ton of preseason cuz Tom doesn't play the preseason. So let's be real about something. And I know Jimmy G was crap his first few seasons, but they liked they they no no. <clears throat> they loved what they saw from him because they intimated that they were going to trade Tom Brady and there was and you know Bill wanted to extend Jimmy G as long as he could and he made comments during the Jimmy G draft about Tom Brady's contract and age. So you knew he loved Jimmy G, what he saw. Jared Stenema, I don't know what he is. He could be a Kevin O'Connell. Or he could be a Tom Brady. I'm going to leave on Kevin O'Connell. And if you don't remember Kevin O'Connell, look him up. He was a backup for the Patriots for a few seasons. Then he went to the Jets, back up, and now he's a quarterback coach somewhere. And he's not even 30, I don't think, yet. Cam Newton's going to produce on the field. He's going to elevate a first round pick in Nikhil Harry's ability. I think, and he's got a he's got a great relationship with Mohamed Sanu. And that will translate onto the field to give us production for that second round pick we gave up to Atlanta. And you still have Julie Edelman. And if the offense flows, like I think it is in my head, you're not going to need to worry about. Is Julian Edelman going to last till the uh, postseason? Because they're going to utilize all the weapons. Exactly, offense. he's
0: not going to be the only target on the field.
1: They're not going to—they're not going to have to beat him up so much. He's not going to have to rub, run those rub routes, none, those inside slants, where there's 16 guys in the middle of the field, and every one of them is going to want to get his, his head off. I say this. You seen the Julian Edelman workout videos he's posting? Yeah, I, I understand that.
0: No, no, I'm saying, dude is ready. I, like he I, he's ready. Like if you if you but that's what I'm I'm saying. Though. If you if you do minimize his use and don't wear him out in the first couple of games like they have in the last few years, he will last all season.
1: He doesn't need to be the offense. No, you need you need Sonny Michelle, James White. I remembered his name this time. Thank you. The two tight ends that you drafted, forget the ones we have on the team. The other the other two we had on teams I don't remember their names anymore I'd rather uh, go Izzo
0: two. and somebody else yeah
1: um, Nikhil Harry Muhammad Sanu Julian Edelman uh, Jacoby <laughs> Jacoby Myers Myers thank you
0: our, our two tight ends were known over drought pass and wrong route yes that's what that's what I called them affectionately last season so. which is
1: why Tom Brady voided him out of the offense yeah. uh, and Cam Newton I don't I don't think Jared Stidham is going to be a starting quarterback I think it's Cam Newton. Cam Newton's going to give. Cam Newton's going to give Bill the opportunity to win a championship without Tom. I think that's part of it. I think so too. And it's also Cam Newton's a tremendous talent. And I think Bob Kraft recognizes as well. He hasn't said anything, but knowing seeing what Bob Kraft's talked about, his interviews, I don't know him personally, but I've seen his interviews. I think he looks at at Cam Newton and just looks at, oh, that's Jason and Devin McCordy on offense. Two great human beings that is going to bring so much to the community and just be so effective for our community in New England, in Boston, in Foxborough.
0: Uh, I'll close on this because we got, we got the NBA topic too, right. but uh, remember when Cam was drafted? First mm-hmm. overall, if you want a little insight into maybe why he dresses so outlandishly now, sure, it could maybe possibly be to prove a point. Because when he was drafted, I read an article, there was questions about what,
1: about whether he was going to be viable.
0: Well, no, that wasn't, that was, I mean, there was, but there was an article where he talked to the owner and the owner told him. You're not going to be one of those people who goes and gets a bunch of tattoos, are you? I don't want one of those people being the face of my team.
1: Jerry Richardson. Yes.
0: Yeah, who I don't believe is the owner anymore, is he?
1: No, he got outed because he made racist comments. Yeah,
0: well, that that ties right into what I'm saying. Because I don't think when he said you're one of those people, he meant people with tattoos. So I can't put words in his mouth, but put two and two together. So this may be Cam going... Because you know if he said that... If Jerry Richardson said that to the media... Can you imagine the kind of stuff he was saying behind closed doors?
1: That's why he doesn't know the team. I exactly. Think he, I think he's moved on as far as in life, um, but I know they forced him out.
0: Yeah, but I mean, if he if he has no problem saying that in front of people, imagine what he says behind. Oh yeah. Even maybe even to cam. So this could have been Cam saying, "I've dealt with a racist old white dude being my boss for the past who knows how many years." I'm just gonna go crazy. I'm gonna get the craziest hats, and I'm gonna wear scarves, and I'm gonna do this, and I'm gonna do that. Hey, more power to you, man. I'll say this much: Robert Kraft, that kind of stuff isn't gonna bother him. No, Robert Kraft isn't gonna care. I bet you anything, Robert Kraft and Cam Newton get along very, very well, because Robert Kraft is the kind of guy who wear a ridiculously blinged-out gold chain to some kind. Of, I forgot what it was like a UFC event or something. He had that ridiculous gold cool chain. I forgot what rapper it was. One of his, one of the rappers who he knew. Meek Mill. Meek Mill. Got him that chain as a championships. And that, it was cool looking, but it didn't look like something you would actually wear. It was like something you would display. Not Robert Kraft. Robert Kraft wore that thing around for weeks. Every every photo of him. So that is right up Cam's alley. So Cam's going to be used to one thing in Carolina and then come up to New England and, and have Robert Kraft essentially signing his checks. Cam knew it's going to be a lot happier up here.
1: I think so.
0: And I hope so. He's a good dude, and I want to see him win, and I want to see him succeed. So let's move on from I'd that. Like
1: to, I'd like to talk about the NBA. And I want to get in a little seating. Not, not so much seating talk. Just talk about the teams okay. in general. I know I know. there's –
0: We're going Eastern Conference right now, right? Yeah, we're
1: going to go Eastern Conference. I, and I know there's a lot of talk that, well, is it going to happen? Is it not going to happen? I'll, we'll go with this premise that it's going to happen. Um, I'm more comfortable saying NBA is going to happen over the uh, Major League Baseball well, just because...
0: Has there actually been discussion of it not happening? Because all I've seen is it, certain players don't want to play.
1: There's certain players that don't want to play, and they're just worried about um, certain amenities. And is the virus going to spring up to the point where so many people are going to get it? Can they actually play? Like, are they going to be able yeah. to field a roster on any given day because once you get it, it's going to be two weeks and you're pretty much going to be out. So I, I, I don't know. We're going to go with the premise that they're going to play because I feel confident um, between the relationship between the, the, the governors and the players and the fact that the commissioner is very communicative with both sides. I think that's going to happen. Plus they're doing a lot Uh, for the Black Lives Matter movement. They're going to limit what what the players can put on their jerseys um, with respect to um, any families, friends, of victims that have uh, come as a result of police brutality. But with that said, I think they're going to play.
0: It looks like they're going to play. It looks like they just had a question of a few different...
1: It's just... Bigger I, I name
0: personalities in, in the game that weren't sure if they wanted to or not, and they had to sort that out.
1: And. There's there's myriad of things that it's just as time as as it gets closer and closer. I think everything will be figured out, and it's just and then I think the end result will be it's all about will it pop up. So I'm gonna dig into what I think is so we have nine teams essentially available um, for the playoffs. That layout right? to
0: me is still so weird the way they did that. I don't know.
1: Yeah. I just think from 10 below in the Eastern Conference, they have really no shot. Um, And even Washington, it's an outside shot. It's not 24 and 40. Yeah, Yeah, it's an outside shot. Uh, They're playing eight games, so really Washington's going to need to put it on to to make the playoffs. I don't think they will. That being said, I think there's uh, four teams that I'm interested in as coming out um, in the semifinals. And I think it's going to be um, the Bucs, the Seas, the Sixers, and the Pacers. And I know the seeding may be a little funky. I'm not sure if they're going to reseed after the first round or not. Um, But I think those are the four four teams that have the – Strongest ability to get to get to the semifinals at the minimum. Uh, there can be some seeding shifting as far as in. Uh, Boston's got two games up on Miami. Toronto's got three games up on Boston. I think Milwaukee's kind of in the front. They're up uh what is that? Nine games? Yeah, I don't I they they, they can't I don't think they mathematically lose the number one seed. So I, I just think those are the four teams, and looking at it, uh, there's one team. There, there's one team clear in front, and that's the Bucks. They have Giannis. Which, yeah, Giannis is a monster. Um, I'm going to try to leave my bias out of it with the C's because I, I'm am a Celtics fan, and I, I like what Brown, Tatum, Walker, and Hayward can make it. It uh, can bring that the court. Well, see, I don't think that's bias though
0: because. When you say the Bucks, you say one player. Right. Now, one player is a monster who can change a game. Right. But you just name four guys off the cuff of the Celtics. Right. Who could, as a team, bring a lot more to the table.
1: And the Bucs do have uh, Chris Middleton. They have Eric Bledsoe. Robin Lopez is a nice piece. They have some nice pieces. It's just the impact of the one player. As I, I the, the Bucs and the Cs played last season. And they took him to six games, I think it was. I'm just thinking off the top of my head. I think it was six games. It could have been seven. Giannis took a lot of those games over. No, I'm sorry, it was five. Because they won, they won game one, and then Giannis came out and just said no.
0: Yeah, shut it down. And
1: just shut it down. So it was it was five games because they beat they won the Celtics won game one and looked like wow we got this team they're together. Kyrie's leading the team. You got all these players. Everything's working. And then all of a sudden, boom! Giannis just shuts everything down. And then you, and then the ancillary pieces pitched in, because you focus so much on Giannis, it leaves opportunity for other people.
0: It makes everyone around him better. Right. Yeah.
1: And and it's it's that old notion that we're just gonna we're just gonna gang up on your best player and let you and and let the other players try to beat you. Yeah, that's what the rap that's what happened with the Raptors last year, is everyone tried to shut down Kawhi Leonard. Well, that didn't work anyway. But the other players contributed and now they have a NBA Finals Championship. So Giannis is so impactful that it just makes everyone play everyone else on the on the court just that much better. And I know the Sixers have Embiid and Simmons, and they're great players on their on their own right. Uh, Embiid has some injury issues, and Simmons can't hit a three pointer to save his life. By the way, did you know? I think you have one less three point made than he does. Nice. He made his first three point this year. Hey,
0: any uh, NBA teams? If you have people who aren't going to play because of uh, they're worried about the virus, um, I I'm, come I'm, I'm pretty cheap comparativ- comparatively. I'm free. Uh, oh. Not not free financially. Free to play.
1: Make that very clear.
0: So I mean, I, I'll I'll play for a tenth to what they're doing, but I am available. <laughs> I have not played in a while. I got to say, I'm gonna I'm a little 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 training camp, but I'm available.
1: Listen, Chris. All you need to do is be the twelfth man off the bench when they bring in their center who can't hit, hit uh, water out of a uh, boat. You're in the same boat as him, right?
0: I think I'd be a lot worse than that, honestly.
1: i give you more credit than you think. I appreciate that, but
0: I don't know about that.
1: So, I mean, the Sixers just don't have enough. They have the guys, because they have Horford and they have Embiid, and Simmons is a bigger point guard. Like, like Simmons plays point guard. He's like 6'8", 6'9". And they have the guys who can probably body up on Giannis. That being said, Giannis is still better than all of them. Giannis can take over the game. And here's a fun fact. Uh, the Sixers might not be facing the Bucks because if they don't beat their first, first team, which could be Toronto, could be Boston, or it could be Miami, it ain't gonna matter. The Pacers have a good team. I just don't think they have enough to unseat one of the top three teams. And I know I'm discrediting the Raptors. Uh, they're a nice team. They have talent. I know they were NBA Finals Championship Champions last year, they have one problem. And I'm sure you're aware of that.
0: Yeah, Kawhi's not on the team anymore. Correct. Yeah.
1: So, without the, I would say, prohibited best player last year in the entire league, who dra- I'm trying not to discredit the other players on the Raptors, but he dragged them to the finals, a la LeBron James sometimes in Cleveland.
0: It's funny, too, because he did not want to play on that team. When he was traded from the Spurs, he made it very clear he did not want to be in Toronto.
1: Yes, uh, he had a lot of demands met, and a lot of requests for the off season um, to try not to to try to give him breathing room, to try to give him his own space when he was going to sign his free agent contract with the Clippers, but more so because there was a lot of a lot of language in. What he wanted during the season, how many days off he could get, how many days, how many games in a row he would play, because he's still honestly, even in the playoffs, he still was having, uh, I believe, knee trouble. So that was not a hundred percent Kawhi Leonard. Just so you know, which is kind of scary.
0: Yeah, because I I did watch some of that final series, and he.
1: Well, and it's funny because against the Sixers, it came down to one bucket at the end. A mm-hmm. uh, fadeaway, I think it was a fadeaway three by Kawhi Leonard, and it tapped, it, it, it bounced, and then t- went in, and that ended the series. And then they just they beat a hampered Golden State Warriors. Let's be honest, Golden State was not Golden State. They they were down Clay, they were down Kevin Durant, um, forgetting one player. But didn't Durant play the first few games of that series? No, he played the. Th- Third game. Oh,
0: that's yeah. He, he he shouldn't have come back, but he did.
1: Played the third game. He hit like three threes. He looked like he was on point. He made one. Um, I think it was a one uh, cross the between the legs dribble, and then all of a sudden you see him pull up, and then you as soon as you could because they slowed it down and you could see the tendon in his Achilles snap. Oh man. And it wasn't terrible. You just see a, a reverberation in the back of his heel, and then as soon as as soon as I saw him like pull up blandly, like, that's it. That's done. That's uh. that's done. This series is over because Stephen Stephen Curry was not one hundred percent. No. Draymond Green can do stuff, but he's not as offensively gifted as the other players. And then you had already lost Clay Thompson. I believe it. You had already yeah you already lost Klay Thompson to Achilles injury. And they were missing DeMarcus Cousins. Um, That's who it was. Because they they acquired him in the offseason on the cheap. And he missed part of the season because of injury. And then he came back in the playoffs and got re-injured. Oh, okay. He's on the Lakers or the Clippers right now. I'm not sure which team. He's on the Lakers now, I think. I think he's on the Lakers, but I don't think he's healthy either. But we'll get into Western Conference when we get there. Um, But I think the Raptors have a nice team. It's just not going to be enough. And Pascal Siakam is a up and coming player. This kid is gifted, and his game is going to evolve. He's just not. He's just not at that point. This is. I don't want to say he's Giannis a few years ago, but the talent's rising to where you could say he was Giannis a few years ago because Giannis was dominant a few years ago. He just didn't have the complete game. Right now, Giannis is developing the three point shot, mid range game. Mid-range game. Like Guys. he can pretty much start he can pretty much bring the ball up to the point, take two steps and he's at the basket and nobody can do anything about
0: it. You think he's the best player in the league?
1: I would argue he's the best player in the league. And if he puts if he puts this team on his back and goes and clears out the Eastern Conference, which honestly won't be hard to do especially if they don't face the Sixers and he faces either LA Which either LA team, which I think it's going to be one of the LA teams, but we'll get into that uh, next episode. I think he'll just be the best player, because let's let's put it this way: if he faces the Clippers, he's going to go toe and toe with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, and it'll have Chris Milton, who's pretty good, and Eric Bledsoe, who's pretty good, but I don't know if they can compete with Bledsoe or um, uh, Paul George and, and Kawhi Leonard, or you're going to go against the Lakers, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, assortment of other pieces that are pretty good. So if he beats either one of those teams, you could I, I will I will stamp the seal of approval. He would be the best player in the league.
0: So if you got to pick right now, who is the Eastern Conference fi- uh, Finals? Who's the two teams that are playing? To go to the NBA Finals.
1: Are we going with the seeding as it is right now?
0: No, we're going with oh yeah yeah we have, I guess yeah we'd have we're going to with
1: the seeding right now because. Um, some teams can't
0: right, right you cannot actually. actually
1: play each other. I just by the seeding, the way it looks. Um, I gotta go with the Bucks and the Celtics. Okay. Um, because if it started right now, the Celtics and the Fi- Sixers are playing each other in the first round, so they obviously can't play each other. <clears throat> and I think. Um, the and the Bucks and the Celtics, if it's seeding right now, they can't face each other until the finals. And the same, the same thing with the uh, the Raptors and the Bucks, they couldn't face it. But I just think, I think the Raptors are, are, are gonna are gonna be a victim. I just think they're gonna be a victim. Good, good regular season, but when the talent's there, when the ta- when the talent is better than yours, you're gonna have a problem.
0: All I can say is I I, I don't really know to tell you the truth. I'm a big baseball and football guy. Uh, as I said before, I don't follow the NBA as much, although now I'm doing a sports theme podcast that will be paying attention more because I do, I do like the game of basketball itself. All I can say is, with all the downtime these guys have had, nothing can prepare you for actual the actual sport, like playing the actual sport. Yeah. So if these guys are all playing, you know, they're playing little pickup games in their driveway, or they're just they're you know running drills all day to stay in shape. That's great. But you could see a case where you get a bit of a hot streak from a team that came out of nowhere, much like we talked about in baseball. You could have the the top few teams in the conference. You could have them totally clear house and just do what they were going to do anyways. Right. Going into the playoffs, if this never if the shutdown and COVID never happened, or you could see a team now, you know, sixth, seventh, eighth ranked team in the in the conference, come out of nowhere, win the conference, and end up winning the title, because. The other people were just sitting for so long, they were cold. I mean, a lot a lot of guys are second-half players in any sport. Yeah. And if you have essentially what is the off season right in the middle of the season or towards the end of the season before the playoffs, that could affect a lot of guys' rhythm and how they play and just their mindset. So it may be just status quo as it was going to be. I think you're going to see some interesting things happen that you would not have imagined – had everything just played out normally without this big gap in between, you know, games played. But so that remains I d- to be seen.
1: I, I definitely think the Raptors are a possibility. To, that, that kind of possibility team you're talking about, they absolutely are. Uh, what might hurt the Celtics is the fact that uh, Jason Tinium hasn't touched a basketball since they uh, played. And I'm not joking. He's actually said he hasn't touched a basketball since. So that's since March.
0: That's not a good move on his part. I mean. No, uh,
1: some players have, but some players haven't, haven't decided just to. Uh, and the Nets, I just don't think they're a viable option because Kyrie's not playing. Obviously, Kevin Durant's not playing. There's a couple people with uh, Corona uh, were reported to have coronavirus a couple days ago or a week or so ago, which might be available. But and I just I just don't I just don't think anyone can compete with Giannis. Because I think I think he's actually been practicing. Um, I don't quote me on it, but I think he's been kind of one of those players who's been maintaining what he can. And I just don't honestly I don't have faith in the Sixers because Embiid is injury prone. Simmons can't hit a three, even though he can get to the basket whenever he wants. When it's, it's gut check time, he's nowhere to be found. And their head coach, I just don't like. I just don't think, I think he's not the person that's going to push you over the edge. Just not. So, that's why the Bucks will face the Celtics. But I just, I, I think there's very few teams that have anybody that can D-up Giannis. The Sixers are one of them. The other two teams, looking at it just on the periphery right now. The other two teams are in the Western Conference.
0: Now, what is this about there being a second bubble with the eight teams that are not invited to Orlando So doing what, something in Chicago? What's going on with that?
1: Yeah, they're, what they're doing is they're, they're trying to give the eight teams an opportunity to have something. Because realistically, you look at it, eight teams from March till December are will have not played basketball. That's almost a year. You re- you really don't want to have that for any of your players. Uh, some of the coaches for those eight teams um, kind of intimate that you know it could damage their career. You can't have that kind of a layoff. Who knows what it'll do for the team in the next season. It may take them a while, and I mean a while, to get going, and now you're in a hole and you don't want to be there. So they're talking about possibly having a second bubble in Chicago for the eight teams to kind of have scrimmages with each other, have a mini camp. Uh, Dwayne Casey, the head coach of the Detroit Pistons, who would be one of those teams, uh, took an informal poll, basically had a, a conference call with the other coaches. And the majority voted that they should have a mini camp in their area, whether it be a regional mini camp or a mini camp in their, their city, respective cities. Any way you slice it, I agree with Dwayne Casey and those coaches. You should have something because these guys cannot sit around for almost a year, not play basketball, not play any kind of scrimmage, competitive, whatever. You can't sit there and do nothing for a year and expect the next season to be up and ready to play against teams that literally have played two months before. You got an idea.
0: And it won't happen at all, so I don't even know why I'm bringing it up. Yeah, it Ma- mainly just to throw out, a, 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 you know, just an idea, right? Yeah. Okay, so you have eight teams, and players say, you know, it could be a bad... It could be... Essentially, we're not going to be in the playoffs, so why bother playing? Okay. There's two schools without there. One, well, they're playing out the remainder of the games anyway in regular season. So, yeah, you would have been playing those games. But two, you don't want to sit for all that time. So I can understand that. I can also understand players saying, we've sat for this long. Why not just do like a mini camp and do something coming up in a few months? Because the entirety of the reason it took them this long was because they were looking for a safe place they could play the games. Right. They found the Disney Wild World of Sports Complex. And again, go back and listen in their archives. I love that idea. I think it's great. As far as amenities go, as far as having enough hotel rooms, everybody being comfortable, they couldn't have picked a better spot. However, are they going to have a place like that in Chicago where they can have that same kind of... They can be completely secluded in Disney World in the wide River sports complex. They can't do that in Chicago. I've been in Chicago. It's an awesome city. But it's not uh, quiet. There's no secluded area the size of the state of Rhode Island where you can just put people on and no one will bother them. Like, it just doesn't happen. So I can say if you're if you're talking about safety being an issue, that yeah, this could be a problem. So my idea would be have these guys play for something. What's that? You got eight teams left. Mm-hmm. You got a draft lottery. Okay. Tournament style. Winner gets the first overall pick.
1: What about the two teams that aren't involved? Because it a top. In there. It's a top. Ten, I believe.
0: Throw them in there. I didn't know there was. I didn't actually do the math. There, was, I, I didn't do the math if it was going to Orlando and then do. add it to
1: it like this. So that's my bad for not realizing that. But throw the other two teams in there. So basically, basically what you're saying is, because essentially the the draft lottery is the teams that didn't make the playoffs. So basically, what you're yes. saying is, take the teams that are going to Orlando that didn't officially make the playoffs. And throw them in with the other, or the or or with those two, te- the use team not be available because technically they would have played eight, ga- eight games. Right. The the one in the the Eastern Conference and then the other ones in the Western Conference. They they would have played eight games potentially, which they would have an advantage over the other teams. So would you say essentially, the eight teams play for the top eight spots and then the other. Leftover teams just slide in after that. Sure, it won't happen. But yeah, no, it's, it's, it
0: won't. No, no, no. That's, that's never going to happen. It's just kind of an idea. Like, it's kind of hard. It's it's like when the All Star Game in baseball, like many many years ago now, when they started, it obviously didn't count for anything. So players weren't playing hard. And then they had that ridiculously long, like sixteen inning game, and Bud Sealy. So, "Okay, from now on, whichever AL or NL, whoever wins uh, the All Star Game." Gets home field advantage for their league in the World Series. Okay, now, for some teams that's a bigger deal than others. But now you're playing for something. It didn't last very long. I don't think they do that anymore. But essentially, you're going to say to these guys, okay, like you're not making the playoffs. You're not going to get in the NBA Finals. We had to makeshift the remainder of the season. So, the only reason you're really playing, let's face it, It's so they can televise those games and make some money out of those markets also. Which is fine. Whatever. They got contracts they have to fulfill. If the players are safe and they're cool with it, no problem. But make it for something. Can you imagine those eight fan bases, how pumped they would be if instead of the worst team, I know it's a draft lottery, so it doesn't necessarily always mean exactly the worst team, but a lot of times I'd say it probably plays out due to the worst team gets it because they have more opportunity in the lottery. Can you imagine how exciting that would be after this long layoff to come back and know that your team might not be that great compared to the ones that are down in Orlando, but you can play for a first-round pick? Those players on that team could play to have a potential future superstar playing by their side. It, it added an exciting element to
1: it. It's it's There's possibilities there, I'm not going to lie.
0: Again, it won't happen. No, it won't happen because you have to... It would never happen. You'd have to have so much... You have to clear so much red tape; it would it would even have time to do it. Yeah, that's, it's that's, just an idea. I think it adds some excitement to it, but
1: that's ultimately the problem: is there's just so much to it that it probably wouldn't happen. Yeah, like no, they, it definitely won't. But it's an idea.
0: Yeah, I just wanted to bring it up. You know, I thought I thought you know, I thought it'd add some excitement to it. I know I'd care a lot more. I certainly wouldn't. I I'd watch some of the NBA. I'm looking forward to that. Watching some live sports again, but I'm not gonna watch an eight team league in Chicago. Yeah, I
1: don't think they'd televise that either.
0: I mean, where it's the worst teams in the league, literally, just playing against each other for the sake of practice. So, I mean, it would add some kind of you could televise that, you could market that. You could think of a clever name you could put on t-shirts and sell a million dollars of the merchandise. I mean, you could. So where's the possibilities? But yeah, that's going to wrap it up for us. If you have any questions or comments on anything you heard on this show or anything at all, Love to hear that, too. And, Ben, where can they get in touch with us?
1: They can hit us up on Twitter, at BCTSPod, or on Facebook, Ben and Chris Talk Sports.
0: All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much, as always. We appreciate you listening, and thank you for your support. And if you enjoy the show, we just ask that you please, please, please tell somebody about it. Try to spread the word. we greatly really appreciate that. Word of mouth is still one of the best forms of advertisement. For Ben, I am Chris. Please stay safe and stay healthy, and we will see you right back here Tuesday morning.
1: Thank you.